Stone gets the puck after the drop. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Darren Millard hanging out in his hotel room in Dallas, Texas, and Chris Chapman is back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Uh, a lot of that going on around the VGK circles right now, and uh, very silent uh, yahoos from the uh, Dallas Stars front after the Golden Knights established a 3-0 series lead and are in position for the second sweep in franchise history, which can be completed tomorrow in Game 4 of the Western Conference Final. Plenty to get to today. A reaction to last night's shutout victory by Vegas, the subsequent penalty taken and suspension incurred by Dallas Stars captain Jamie Benn and we'll also uh, tap into what's going on in the Eastern Conference side with a potential series clincher for the Florida Panthers tonight but uh, let's begin with the situation that the Vegas Golden Knights have put them in turning a very close 2-0 series lead following consecutive overtime victories into a convincing 3 nothing advantage following a dismantling of the Dallas Stars in a game that was over very early and has now featured a two-game suspension for Jamie Benn. That is the breaking news this afternoon. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you look at that game for the Golden Knights and it was about as, as good a start, as, as perfect a start as you could possibly script for Vegas. They go on the road. We know it's been a close series, even though the Golden Knights were up two games to none. And you get Jack Eichel making a play, John of the Marsh is so scoring a goal, and then obviously Jamie Ben takes that penalty. And I think the, the, the biggest key for me was that the Golden Knights, even though they didn't look great on that five-minute power play opportunity, they still find a way to score a goal there, double their lead. And I think at that point, the Dallas Stars, it, they just didn't have a chance in that game. And the Golden Knights played a perfect rest of the way to ensure a 3 nothing series victory. It was discipline on the Vegas Golden Knights side and uh, certainly an answer back for a couple of penalties that they took in game number two, which put them in a precarious situation, but also no retaliatory uh, comments or actions uh, towards uh, Jamie Banner of the Dallas Stars. Uh, uh, Max Domi was involved in that game later on and incurred uh, a $5,000 fine today for a late game slash on Mark Stone. Boy, was Mark Stone ever the target. He's got to be wondering, what did I ever do? Uh, to, to observe uh, all that kind of action. Uh, but uh, the 3 nothing series lead, big picture, uh, guys. 3 nothing and, and an opportunity uh, staring them in the, uh, in the face right now through the visor uh, to advance to a second Stanley Cup. There's a path 
and that path has become clear all the way along and now we're sitting in the optometrist chair and you know when they flip back and forth clear mm. now or now yeah. one or two mm. and sometimes there's no difference and other times it's like whoa i can see way better in number two that's what the golden knights can after game number three they can see that path up to the stanley cup final a whole lot closer yeah you're absolutely right and you know it it's a little different than I imagined or envisioned this series going. And I think really uh, the thing that I, I wasn't taking into account was that the Golden Knights have just done a masterful job throughout these playoffs of limiting chances and frustrating their opponents. And I, I think that you saw that certainly in, in game number two and then to a degree in game uh, game number three was was predicated on it. So when when you have a team that is bought into playing the right way and limiting those chances, and, and you're not getting a lot of quality in the Dallas Stars, it's going to be hard to score. And that's what the Golden Knights have kind of done over the course of these three games. One of the strangest games that I've witnessed because Vegas was doubled in shots mm -hmm. by the Dallas Stars. We're never really pinned in with a lot of great pressure and didn't feel like they were on their heels, but Dallas certainly carried a majority of the play and that was reflective uh, on, on the shot clock. But the early goals by Vegas established such an insurmountable lead and took such a fight out of the Dallas Stars from a real co competitive standpoint and being able to actually come back and, and, and fight through and make uh, a difference uh, and threaten the Vegas Golden Knights advantage that even the the sizable lead on the shot clock was of no real consequence or uh, influence in the eventual outcome. I, I, I didn't feel it in the rink. Uh, what did you guys see on TV? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't get the sense that the Dallas Stars were particularly close to making it a game. I, I really didn't. I, I didn't think that they generated, uh, you know, too much in terms of quality. Like, yeah, the shots were there. I thought there was a push from them in the third period. Like, I, I give them a lot of credit in that regard. But, you know, for the most part, I, I don't, I didn't get the sense that Dallas was going to really push that game to a point where the Golden Knights were going to have to be nervous. And, you know, you look at a couple of plays. Obviously, Jason Robertson hits a post on their first power play. There were a couple of other posts that, that were hit by Dallas. If those go, go in, maybe it changes things. But the fact that it wasn't falling for Dallas and then you, ha you factor in the Golden Knights just kind of reading what they needed to do, it didn't feel like the Dallas Stars were going to be able to mount to come back in that game. Vegas scored three goals in the first period. Dallas hit a pair of posts, and those didn't go in. So margin uh, for error, like in games one and two, was thin. But like the margin of error uh, was offset by Vegas winning both games in overtime, uh, having both pucks go off posts and stay out mm. ended up really flipping it uh, heavily in favor of, of Vegas. Uh, uh, that wasn't the best game in the world by the Golden Knights, but... They found a way to win again and four different goal scorers. They now have a nine different goal scorers in this series. Only a couple of guys have scored multiple goals, and that's Marcheseau and, and Carlson. And the beat goes on. And whether you want to call it the depth last night, uh, the, the power play coming through and, and putting a dagger uh, in, in the Dallas Stars, the fourth line stepping up with Will Carrier. And we're going to hear from Will in, in hour number two as I got a chance to, to chat with him today. And, uh, and by the way, that conversation occurs right after the soccer ball match uh, of the players, uh, what they call the sewer ball. Uh, as, as a warm-up, it was as feisty and fun of a, <laughs> a 
display of sewer ball or soccer that I've ever seen played by, by a hockey team. And I did not know this, but Will Carrier is the de facto referee, judge in this. Even when he's not involved in the game, they bring him out of the dressing room and he has to rule uh, on <laughs> whether or not somebody is in or out of the game. And we get into that uh, and the responsibility that Will carries uh, with his team on the fun part of the game. But uh, but he scored last night. And then you have a shutout from, from Aiden Hill. And yeah. things are starting to roll on that front. And uh, at a time when things are rolling, they've won five in a row. You, uh, you're one game away from the Stanley Cup Championship Series. Things should be coming a little clearer or there should be some separation when it comes to potential Conn Smythe candidates uh, when you're a win away from the final. The, the track gets even muddier for mm-hmm. Vegas as you get different players stepping up or adding to it. I, I think Jonathan Marshall has really become a factor uh, in that conversation. Jack Eichel uh, continues to make some noise in that. Uh, can, can Aiden Hill uh, make that uh, a goaltending uh, conversation. Well, if he continues to do what he's doing right now, uh, it, it'd be it'd be interesting. Even though he's only would only have played three rounds uh, in, in in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but uh, uh, the the depth they're doubling, tripling down on that conversation. And mm-hmm. I I talked to Ashley Weiss last night on the walk home from the uh, from the rink. I said I'm I'm trying really hard to get away from depth if I can because I feel like we're we're leaning on it too much. But it keeps like hiding around the corner and then jumping out at me, and and, and grabbing me by the shoulders uh, mm-hmm. because uh, of of what they're able to do with this conversation of different people being very influential in the result. Yeah, well, I I don't know that you can get away from it at this point, right? Like, it, it's been a common refrain, and it's been something that the Golden Knights have been able to. Uh, reliably use over the course of this playoff run. And I I think it's a a big reason as to why they are just one win away from their second berth in the Stanley Cup final. Like, this team has a different hero, it seems, every single night. And that's that's not to take away, though, like, from the the high-end skill and the elite talent, right? Like, as much as the Golden Knights have been supplemented with their depth, Jack Eichel's been phenomenal, right? Like, we, we accept that Jack Eichel has been everything and more for the Golden Knights. And, and, you know, you and I have had kind of a conversation. Is there even another gear that he has? I, I think that it's possible that he does, but every single facet of the game, Jack Eichel is, is impacting it positively for the Golden Knights. I I would have him as my number one if we're looking at potential Conn Smythe leaders. I've got Jack Eichel number one, but I do remember saying that it would be interesting if a goaltender is able to push that narrative a little bit, and certainly what Aiden Hill has been able to do since coming in midway through that series against the Edmonton Oilers, and certainly what he's been able to carry over here to the Dallas Stars should have him at least in the conversation. Uh, Jack is flying right now. He's using his speed as well as I've seen him all season long. So Vegas is up three games to none. Opportunity to close it out. There will be a trophy presentation standing by. If the Vegas Golden Knights do pull off that victory tomorrow night, they will present. Bill Daly uh, is expected to be here and would present the Clarence Campbell Bowl uh, to the uh, 
Vegas Golden Knights and Mark Stone. First time that a trophy had been presented or would be presented to a Vegas Golden Knights captain because the last occasion was Derek Englund, part of the mm-hmm. leadership group back in 2018 in Winnipeg. Uh, so that's uh, something to look forward to tomorrow night and anticipate that uh, that there could be a, a trophy presentation and uh, punching the ticket uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights into the Stanley Cup final. A game that will take place tomorrow without Jamie Benn, the Dallas Scars captain, who has been suspended for two games for his match penalty two minutes into game three last night, in which he fell on Mark Stone and delivered a cross-check to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, leader and was pinning him by the neck. Uh, Two games, did you expect that? And are you okay with that punishment? So I didn't expect it to be two games today, right? Like I I expected a game and I expected that, you know, Department of Player Safety would have looked at, you know, the fact that he was assessed that penalty two minutes into the game yesterday as kind of being a de facto game suspension on, on top of whatever supplemental discipline there was. So I wasn't expecting two games. I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. Like I think it's certainly worth two games. You could have sold me on three, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I was, I was surprised. I really was. I didn't think it was going to be two. What was your reaction to the Jamie Ben <laughs> conversation at the podium today, and when he was asked about the play last night? I mean, I can understand why you want to deny what actually happened ahead of your hearing. So. That's uh, that's that's what I'm going to say about that. So Jamie Ben uh, said that uh, he wished he wouldn't have uh, fallen on Mark mm-hmm. Stone. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, and uh, made it sound like he just basically tripped on him, <laughs> and and this cross check uh, was just a, a byproduct of the fall. Purely uh, accidental. I, I watched, we all watched it. Uh, yeah. We we you can judge for yourself uh, as to what happened. Uh, there was a real emphasis by Dallas last night in that first 90 seconds to be much more physical. Uh, mm. Max Domi laid a hit on Alex Petrangelo, actually gave out a, a shiner uh, that, that he's sporting today uh, on the uh, earlier hit. And then it was the follow-up uh, from, from Jamie Benn after taking the initial bump from Mark Stone in neutral ice. Uh, there, there was no accident about falling on Mark Stone. I don't believe <laughs> that he meant to cross-check him in the neck. Uh, I find that uh, hard to grasp, knowing that you are going to be punished and you're going to be punished severely uh, by that kind of act. I, I think uh, he-, he fell and-, and it ended up in that area and he just then continued on uh, with it. It wasn't a targeted area, but once he got to it, he certainly didn't back off. And, and that's where he, he falls into to big trouble because he does squish and push down uh, on, on the cross-check uh, nature and, and hitting Mark Stone on, on the neck. Uh, two games, a, when you factor that out to, to regular season, it's usually two for one. So that's uh, a four-game suspension. Yeah. If you want to throw last night's game in it, it's a five-game suspension. It's interesting. I talked to a bunch of players today, uh, some in this series, uh, for Vegas, and they're going to be uh, obviously have a, have a slanted point of view uh, on it, uh, and a couple of guys that uh, that are not playing right now, and everybody said that last night should not factor into the total, like yeah. it shouldn't take away from a number, 
uh, uh, for the suspension. They, the, the reoccurring uh, response was, well, that's his own fault to, yeah. to, to do it so early and get tossed out. So uh, I've always been a believer, uh, and they, they do take some of that into consideration, whether it's conscious or not, uh, that uh, w- that a player is, is tossed out during a game and, and how early uh, and, and whether or not uh, that uh, it, it was uh, early enough in a game that it uh, can be counted as, as, a, as a one-game suspension on, on its own. Uh, but uh, but the, from the player's point of view, they're like, no, no, the, the, he, he deserves uh, to miss the rest of that game, and, and it shouldn't count, and there should not be any uh, uh, whittling off of that, uh, that uh, suspension. So uh, Jamie will not be there, and uh, they, the Dallas Stars, quite honestly, uh, the way that happened, Ryan, I, I'm puzzled. I, mm-hmm. I know that they were wanting to be more physical, mm-hmm. but to do something like that two minutes in just baffled me. And again, he didn't mean initially to target uh, Mark Stone in, in the neck. Was he going to get, get Mark Stone? Was he going to hurt or like, uh, hit him? Well, I mean, I, I, I believe uh, that he intended but, to cross-check Mark Stone while he was on the ground. Like, did he miss but, on, on the but, area but he was trying cool. to hit? Probably, but y- you can't do that. But to go after them like that that, that early just was was a sign of one what what they were going to try and establish mm-hmm. but boy did it get away from them in a, in a big way and good on Vegas for not retaliating in in a situation where Dallas was obviously out out for uh, some kind of uh, uh, interaction to establish a, a certain tone of a game well I, I think that you know that's what made the the power play goal so important and and, and so uh, so massive in the context of the game because as as much as you know you you accept that teams are going to come out and try to be physical, if they are going to cross that line, if it is going to lead to a situation where you have a man advantage, you have a major penalty. Like we don't, I don't get hung up on the power play conversion numbers. I get hung up on the key moments in a game where you need your power play to come through for you, where you need to kind of build off of the situation in the game. And I think the fact that the Golden Knights, even though it wasn't a great power play in general, the fact that they were able to get a goal there was really important because if if the stars are going to come at you physically, if they're going to try to toe that line, occasionally cross over it, you've got to be able to make them pay on the scoreboard. And that's what the Golden Knights did really well last night. Uh, I'll be interested to hear uh, John Channon comments because it's so uh, tied into uh, the National Hockey League and the player safety and the hockey operations department and uh, where the feeling was on the suspension, uh, whether or not they looked at uh, knocking Max Domi out uh, for a game. He was certainly heavily involved in, in, in that game. But from a, uh, from an execution standpoint, like, you're, you're seven minutes into that game last night and it turns from trying to play as hard as you can to not screwing it up. That, that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard game to play uh, because you, it's just a natural thing to go and play a little bit safer uh, mm-hmm. with your game. When you're up like that and they, they're experiencing all kinds of uh, uh, challenging situations on, on the other side, and uh, Vegas played a, a pretty clean game in that regard they 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 watched dallas care and play which is expected uh, in in a push standpoint but uh but they didn't get 
caught up and, and pinned in. And uh, I thought, if all things considered, uh, Vegas played uh, a pretty darn... Their, their shooting percentage was 25%. <laughs> like they, they, they only had 16 shots on, on yeah. goal. That's one of the great... It's, it's a record for fewer shots in, in a playoff game for, for Vegas. And they, they managed to score four, four goals on it. So you didn't have to do much more than what they did. And uh, it, it was hard, though, not looking up and going, how, how is this happening? How, how is this possible? Uh, but, uh, but the goal after eight minutes was just don't, don't let this thing get away. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and you know, for a team that earlier on in the, in the playoffs had a, a 4-1 lead going into the third period against the Winnipeg Jets, and that, that game ended up going to double overtime where the Golden Knights were able to, to win. Like, you, you, want to, you want to see that improvement, right? You want to see a team have the ability to get up big and then shift the focus enough to where you're not just completely sitting on the lead, but you're able to protect it and turn it into an into a win at the end of the night. And I think, you know, for the Golden Knights, again, Aiden Hill was really, really good, but I don't think that the Golden Knights really gave up a ton of quality to the Dallas Stars over the majority of that game. And, and when you're not giving them very much and they're already frustrated and they're already three goals down, four goals down, middle of the second period, it just becomes really about breaking the will of Dallas. And, and it felt like in that moment the Golden Knights certainly did that. Uh, you might be in a similar position to what Game 5 was against Winnipeg when the teams take to the ice tomorrow night, mm. uh, wondering whether or not uh, Dallas has anything left to give after uh, the tight losses in Games 1 and 2 and then coming unraveled tomorrow night. Uh, that, that, that might be one of those ones where you, you break the will knowing that their captain's not going to be back. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov uh, may not be able to play. Uh, they, they've got some, some decisions to make. And uh, it, uh, it was a really frustrated, disappointing uh, result. And, and I just, the, the Ben situation is up on my screen in my, in my room again. And boy, is he ever lucky that Mark Stone wasn't hurt yeah. uh, in that situation. It's just that. Uh, for a guy that's gone through consecutive back surgeries and uh, and and has dealt with that kind of pain, man, like on a, on a, just a personal level from VGK, uh, that thing could have been a whole lot worse than it was. Yeah, I it, it absolutely could have, and I think that that's the thing, right? Like, fortunately for Mark Stone, the human, Mark Stone, the hockey player, and all Golden Knights fans that want nothing but the best for Mark Stone. We know that he's going he's gonna to play, and, and teams are going to try to get to him physically. That play certainly crossed the line last night, as evidenced by the two-game suspension that Jamie Benn picked up today. Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is Mark Stone was able to play the rest of the game. Mark Stone doesn't seem any worse for wear, and you know what, as, as the Golden Knights have kind of said or, and, and has been kind of the motto right over the course of this postseason run, it hurts to win, and I don't think anyone knows that more than Mark Stone. It hurts to win. The quote from Bruce Cassidy in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and uh, uh, their shirt's made. Uh, the government staff is, is wearing them with a big picture of the Stanley Cup on the back, it hurts to win. Uh, and we uh, talked to Bruce Cassidy about that, and he's absolutely right. And you all take a number or look uh, look the other way. We'll take a number, John Shannon's number, uh, as we uh, catch up with the 
former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, next to get his opinion on what occurred last night at American Airlines Center, what we expect to see from Florida, Carolina tonight. It's the VGK Insider Show from Dallas and Vegas on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and Newfoundland. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Book that flight, get on Expedia, because it looks like the Vegas Golden Knights are poised to return to the Stanley Cup final after debuting their franchise in 2018 with a run to the championship series. John your reaction to a topsy-turvy, eventful game number three, which expanded the advantage to 3 nothing. Topsy-turvy? How can you call that topsy-turvy? The first 12 minutes were the most dominant 12 minutes of a game I've seen this year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Then, then uh, Top, you know how you... in the know, sense that of all the shenanigans. Well, you, yeah, but then... But then you know, like that 1973 Dodge Dart you used to drive, they put it on cruise control for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, so I, you're absolutely right about that. It, it was a weird game in, in which they just had to try not to, to give anything up for the, for the final uh, right. 47 minutes of the game. Try not to give anything up and try not to get injured. You know, those, yeah. those, were, the, the, those were the two key things the, the whole way through, really, in so many ways. It, it, you know, it was, it was such a dominant night for the Golden Knights right from the beginning that, you know, that after, the, after goal number three, which I think was, that was the Barbashev goal, right? Um, that was the there was not goal. much doubt in my mind what was going to happen the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, quite frankly, from that point on, I thought the, the Knights uh, actually um, probably played a great road game. So from that perspective, they did everything properly. Your reaction to Jamie Benn, the hit, the action itself, two-game suspension, and his comments explaining it. Well, you know, um, Jamie's Jamie's explanation of what happened would probably go pretty well in Judge Wapner's uh, courtroom. But that's probably about the only place. I mean, I, I, anything short of gravitational pull towards the ice with his stick was something that I couldn't. I mean, that was just that was just gobbledygook. What he said, to, to be honest, just gobbledygook. <laughs> um, you, you know, and, and and trust me, I'm sure that they were just trying to rehearse for what they were going to say during the uh, yeah. during the hearing, which occurred about three hours after he went public with that uh, that statement. I told you earlier in the day that it would be three games. Mm. I thought it would be three games. Um, and then it was explained to me in many ways. There was a ton of pressure internally at the office um, not to do anything. But I think George knew better. Uh, and they did put it in the fact that 5803 of game number three was served, that that probably got as close to a three-game suspension as possible. So in, well, well done. Uh, 
in terms of that, like when when you have a penalty and, and a match penalty that happens that early in the well, game, it wasn't a match you, penalty. I'm sorry, the, a, a major and a, and a game misconduct. Right? Do you do you automatically kind of assume that that will take on the effect of one full game, or is this just one of those situations where you could have gone three, and because of all the time missed, it's easier to kind of justify the two game suspension? I think what the, the guys in player safety would tell you, Ryan is that every incident is isolated. Um, I, think there was a, I, I think that there were two polarizing opinions about this one. I do think there were lots of people that, that George talks to that didn't think it was as severe as a lot of us did. And, and I thought there was also a, uh, a group of people that thought it was much worse. So um, at that point, you can... You can take advantage of that 58 minutes and say, okay, that's one game. Or if you feel it was totally egregious, you, you don't have to pay attention to it. I, I think he tried to create a compromise uh, for himself and for those people he talked to. Uh, and, you know, if, if he had made it three full games, I don't think that anybody would have objected other than Jim Nill, Tom Gallardi, and the Dallas Stars. But uh, I think that probably he would have gotten a lot more applause uh, from uh, people outside of the Stars organization. Let's face it. You know, Jamie Benn not playing for two games, what's the, what are the chances of him having to serve the second game at the start of next regular season? You know, that's, there's a good chance that's going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the way the, the Golden Knights are playing... They win tomorrow night, and then he still has a game to serve, and that would be the first game of the regular season. I can tell you, being in and around the uh, the dressing rooms today, uh, it was not uh, not lost on on Vegas uh, the lack of accountability from from Jamie Ben. But I'll I'll counter that with there's not an obligation for Jamie Ben to own up to anything at that point he's trying to get back in the lineup as, as quickly as possible and he probably saw that as as his route to get there uh, in a sense but uh, the the lack of owning it was was very much a part of the side discussions today I just don't understand it um, you know this is where you know I, I he, he obviously felt embarrassed uh, he obviously felt that he let his teammates down. But that explanation, you know, you, you guys live close to Area 51 for a reason. <laughs> you, you know, this, 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 could, this, could be, this could end up going to Area 51. Uh, this, this, that was, to me, when I, I, I read it first and then actually had to go and, and search it out to listen to it to make sure that I heard it right. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, you know, you just shake your head. And and, and I, here's the other thing. We have heard for now, you know, 18 hours. We're going to hear it for another 24 hours. He's a good guy. You know, we, we, you know, you know he's, he's a team player. He's a leader. You know what? He screwed up. Mm-hmm. And true leaders, yeah. true good guys admit their faults. And, and learn from it. With what he said today, I'm not sure he's going to learn a darn thing. Uh, somebody in and around the series uh, said to me, uh, he, he had time to sleep on that, and that's all he came up with? <laughs> uh, and trust me, I guarantee you he had advice. <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Vegas is up 3 nothing. Uh, what uh, what do you put their chances are of, of wrapping this thing up in a sweep, given the uh, just situation with Dallas coming off of the events of game number four and where they are? Well, I put game four as the first ten minutes. You know, and, and that's not a cop-out because the first 10 minutes last night were spectacular for, for Vegas. But if Vegas is able to have a one, even a one nothing lead after 10 minutes, then this thing's done. You know, the, 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 you know we forget, when we're talking about a four-game series, we forget that these teams have been playing at this level since the 17th of April. Here we are almost to the end of May. Um, the, the mental and physical wear and tear on your body um, and on your brain, when you get into a, a situation where you're down like this, then you're going to have a problem. And it'll be d- difficult to get back. So tomorrow night, it's the first 10 minutes. Uh, that said, that everything's going so rosy for the, for the Golden Knights that if Dallas is up one nothing. I still think the Golden Knights will win. So I, I guess either way, I'm saying tomorrow night's series is over. Now, when you look at it from you know maybe the Golden Knights' perspective, now through three games in this series, and you mentioned it, John, like they played a fantastic road game. They're up 3 nothing. They knew what they had to do, and they didn't give much to Dallas. I know they had a lot of shots, the Dallas Stars did, but it, it didn't feel like there was anything real dangerous. How have the Golden Knights kind of gone about shutting down the Dallas Stars and what they want to do offensively? Well, we we are a broken record about this on, on this show. Yeah, almost as, We talk about this almost as much as we talk about Grimaldi's pizza. <laughs> um, is is the you know that the Golden Knights defense? You, you know they they are they are a big bruising group of guys, and all six of them do do such a good job that you, the the frustration that's coming out from the Dallas forwards. You know, Aiden Hill can see almost every shot, and he's if he sees it, he can stop it. So from that perspective, it, it, it truly is a, a team effort of those 18 skaters. And, and the interchangeable parts that are the forwards, the, the four forward lines, also make it that much easier for, for Bruce Cassidy just to roll the lines out and not worry about matchups because he knows full well that everybody's going to give their 100%. And then on top of that, the six defensemen are just going to be dynamic every time they're on the ice. It's fascinating to me, Ryan, is I think the worst game they this team has played in all the playoffs was the first game they played, <laughs> was the game against Winnipeg at home. That was the worst yeah. game they played, and that was a huge wake-up call, and that wake-up call probably occurred late in the first period of game two, and ever since then, there has been something about this group of guys uh, comparable to year one, but something about this group of guys that they can use their speed, they can use their intensity, they can use every aspect of how they play the game to beat the opposition. Because they can beat the opposition any way you want. You want to play a fast game, we'll play a fast game. You want to play a checking game, we'll play a checking game. You want to be physical, we'll be physical. They, they can do almost anything, which is going to be a modern-day blueprint for a lot of teams for a lot of years. 
John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada and co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast is with us for his regular visit, which is a day off because of the schedule in the playoffs. And we want to visit with John as much as we can. Hey, listen, I talked to uh, our friend uh, Dallas Eakins today on the Chirp podcast uh, about the two series that are happening. And he touched on the goaltending of the Vegas Golden Knights and just like in disbelief of what's going on, but also absolute acceptance because it's become such a normal situation uh, for Vegas to get through this. And this is the second five-game winning streak of the playoffs for Vegas, but they've done it with two different goalies, which has only happened one other time. Remember back in 1980, Phil Meir and Pete Peters? And you remember that series uh, because I think it was one of your first uh, as executive uh, or producing a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that was my first final. That was the Bob Nystrom. In fact, I think Bob Nystrom's goal was today's the, 20, the anniversary of the Nystrom goal, I think. I could be wrong. Um, but oh. it was around this time of year in 1980 when Nystrom scored in game six at the, at the Coliseum. Um, You're right. But but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Um, you, you know, we, we did see a little bit of this last year when Colorado won the Cup with, yeah. uh, with Pavel Francouz and, and Darcy Kemper playing games you know we we make this we always make this assumption that you have to and coaches i think coaches already there's a couple coaches this year that screwed this up in the playoffs when they say well i have to have a number one guy well you haven't had a number one guy all year so why would you change your philosophy in the playoffs you know the thing that i've been amazed at and i you know as you know darren i'm a radioaholic i'm a mediaaholic i've been i have been watching and listening through this whole series that people amazed at how good Aiden Hill has played. Well, didn't they realize that he was part of the combination for most of the regular season in, in Vegas? You know, this is not a surprise to people who follow this team on a regular basis. I don't think. You know, certain injuries derailed him for a little bit, and then the Brassois injury gave him an opportunity to, to come back. But Aiden Hill played some pretty good hockey for this team during the regular season, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right. It's just that every time somebody's gone down, the next person has picked up seamlessly. I think that is the uh, amazement uh, part of the story. Yeah. Well, and, the, and well, I think it also, in changing times, and I can, I can only imagine what general managers are going to try to suggest, you know, perhaps, perhaps teams should be always thinking of carrying three goaltenders. You know, yeah. are we getting to that point? And whether it's that uh, whether it's that he's staying with the American League team or he's with the big club, but he's easier to move up and down because there seems to be so many more reasons to have a third quality goaltender in your system. Now, some would say the Golden Knights had four, but but most teams have two. And then when they get to their third, it's a little iffy. Most teams should probably try to think of having a quality third goaltender now for this very reason because of the wear and tear of the season, the travel, you know, the style of goaltending now because it's, it's not really conducive at times to making sure that, you know, the, the, the hip joints and the knees aren't, uh, aren't, aren't in jeopardy. So it, to me, three goaltenders is a given now for most teams. You know, John, when you look at, obviously, the, the Golden Knights, 
coming into the, these playoffs, if you were to tell me that they were on the precipice of making a Stanley Cup final, like th- that makes sense to me. But I, I would imagine that you know the other team that has a 3 nothing series lead in the Eastern Conference final, the Florida Panthers, not many expected that to be the story coming out of the East. There's a big game, obviously, for Florida tonight. Uh, what's your expectation, your feeling surrounding Florida and Carolina and whether or not this thing wraps up tonight, too? Wouldn't that be something if both ended in a sweep? Yeah. You know, I, I, when, when I ran hockey night, we had a couple of, we had, I think, three consecutive sweeps in the Stanley Cup final, which really drove my bosses nuts when they were trying to generate revenue. Um, but um, I don't remember back-to-back sweeps. I think 1992, um, Pittsburgh swept in the uh, in, in the, the conference final, and Chicago swept in the conference final. I think that was the last time we saw it in the National Hockey League. So what's that? 31 years ago. Uh, yeah. So so to me, that that would be absolutely amazing. Um, and yet. They, you're right, Brian. Vegas is not a surprise to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. They're not. They, they won their division. Um, you know, everybody everybody held their breath for 82 games saying, well, don't worry, Colorado's going to get through it, and they didn't. And then when Colorado wasn't the, the team to pick, then it was, you know, one of four or five teams in the West. Florida has beaten the three best teams in the Eastern Conference. They defeated the Bruins, they defeated the Maple Leafs, and they're on the verge of defeating the Hurricanes. And it, it truly is a Cinderella story um, that you know that may not end because Florida and Vegas play such a similar style. It could be a best of nine in the Stanley Cup Finals. It could be it could be fun to watch the way these two teams play, the depth they play, the goaltending both teams have. It could be a great series if if in fact. We don't see some sort of pushback from the Hurricanes tonight or Dallas tomorrow night. But it, 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 it's one of those ones where I'm, re- I'm really kind of hoping for a Florida-Vegas final because I, I think both markets would love it. I think that there'd be a lot of interest elsewhere because it's such an anomaly. Um, and it, it could be a really, really exciting on-ice Stanley Cup final because of the two, way the two teams play. So are you looking at Expedia? <laughs> no, I, I got enough miles. I think I can figure that out. You know? I mean, we we got to figure out what days are first. You know, because I, you know, when 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 is it going to start? So Monday's Memorial Day. By the way, when I was at the league, I was at the league for six years. We used to hate the Stanley Cup Final starting on Memorial Day weekend because hmm. you know that you know the the unofficial start of summer. Everybody's out there having a barbecue. The fireworks are going. Nobody's watching sports on Sunday or Monday, but invariably we used to have to start on Monday on Memorial Day, so that could easily be the start of the final in Vegas if it is Vegas, Florida. You think it would uh, start that soon because of media day and everything else uh, that, that goes into it? I, I, I wouldn't uh, think that they'd be able to turn it around that fast. Well, one series could be o- over tonight. One series could be over Wednesday. You know, Monday's five days away. I, I don't, if you wait longer than that, you're going to, you may not lose interest in Fort Lauderdale. You may not lose interest in Vegas, but you're going to lose interest in both countries outside of the two markets. And I think, I think right now there's momentum, momentum building. Uh, 
because the hockey's been so good. And I don't think you'd want to wait longer than five or six days. Monday or Tuesday. Hmm. Hey, uh, what are the chances of me getting back on our former network uh, if, uh, if the Stanley Cup final comes to Vegas? Well, I do know that they need cable pullers. <laughs> and and I, there might be a need for an audio assistant. So, oh, that's beautiful. Um, but if you want me to put a good word in, I know people there. Now, I'm not sure they'll return my phone call, but that's another story for another day. So, But I, I think I could get you a job on the crew. You and I showing up at the Stanley Cup final would be awesome. Or, 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 or hey, awesome. hey, I know. You could be the second assistant statistician. <laughs> I just want to see I just want to see our former bosses' faces when you and I walk into the media center for the first time together. Well, if we wear shirts and ties and wear credentials and look official, they'll be jealous. Uh, uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, watch uh, and enjoy the games uh, tonight and tomorrow, and we'll see. Are you, are you going to dinner with George? Oh, yeah, George. I talked to George last night about you. Uh, oh. well, are you going to dinner with George doing? tonight? you got to be going to dinner with George, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I had dinner, and, uh, and oh, uh, you're not even all, listening all the extra stuff you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, he's not even listening. He's, he's not even listening to you. He's no. doing his own thing. Anyway, hello, George. Have a good time in Dallas. The Big D. <laughs> Be good. There's John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night Canada, co-host of the Bob McMillan podcast. Check it out. All kinds of great uh, sports conversation uh, taking place there. Uh, we're going to come back and set up hour number two on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. As we look ahead to game four of the Eastern Conference Final, Carolina and Florida. Florida trying to punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1996. And Vegas trying to go back for the second time in six years. Remember, it was Bill Foley who said playoffs in three, cup in six. And he told me at the start of this year, he's sticking to the cup in six. They're one game away from making it to the Stanley Cup final. Hour number two, Bruce Cassidy from today. Uh, his comments on the day between games three and four, where the Golden Knights are in there looking ahead to potentially sweeping the Dallas Stars. And I caught up with William Carrier this morning, uh, a wide range of conversation, but a great one when it comes to working on his backhand and where his game is coming off the injury. Uh, some fun stuff there and one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League as we continue from Las Vegas, Oil Hotel and Casino, and Dallas. Stay with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas.